Candle keep. Go ahead, Candle keep. You're on the air. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Too soon, guys. Welcome, lizard folk and gnomes, bugbears, and sparts, <laughs> to Rated RPG, the actual play show slash podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons, Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. Oh, Larry would love it. Come on. <laughs> tell, tell me something, Tia Matt. Do you like crackers? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Guys, it has been so long since we played. There's been so many things changing in the world of D&D. There was a big book that came out recently called Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, which had huge sweeping changes to all the different classes. And let me tell you, every one of these players sitting here today has had big changes to their characters. And I thought maybe it could be fun to talk about some of the things that have changed. The one who has had the most changes is Brad with Glubjag and the ranger. I have a feature now called Canny, which I can double my proficiency bonus in one of my skills. So I picked Stealth. I will get that again next level on another skill. Also next level, my walking speed goes up by five, and I gain a climbing and swimming speed equal to my walking speed, which is going to be awesome. Also gained the bonus spell of Beast Sense, and I got two new languages. I picked Abyssal and Deep Speech, and I get a whole new list of spells to pick from when I gain new spells. Yeah, Ranger's got a lot of nice changes and optional class features. There is one thing, though, that I want to talk about. So for Glubjeg, we were using the Unearthed Arcana Ranger, and one thing that they actually nerfed in Tasha's is the Favored Foe ability, which basically grants the Ranger a certain number of free uses of Hunter's Mark. And they nerfed that, and a lot of people don't like the, the nerf. And I am amongst that group. So I'm going to be allowing him to use the Unearthed Arcana version of Favored Foe. All right. What happened with Coslo, Jason? Well, he has two new hips that are made of titanium. <laughs> um, but that was, that was outside of the game. He can use Find Familiar now as a class feature. And it would take up one of his wild shapes. Yeah. So instead of wild shape, I could just find familiar. The familiar hangs out with me. It still takes an hour to cast, though. It's a ritual. And, you know, the familiar is going to listen to me. It's going to assist in combat to some degree, but mostly it's going to be used for scouting to distract an enemy to help in combat might be its best option. Okay. And you got a bunch of new spells added to your list of spells known. So, you know. Aaron, what, what happened with Bobby? They took away my shield spell, which was a really great way to protect myself in difficult situations. Um, uh, yeah. So I'll probably die. And then they also took away my temporary hit points. Like, uh -huh. I can use it three times a day, give myself five temporary hit points, but only three times a day. Not Instead of infinitely. Forever. Instead of infinitely. Forever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, was this making me a little bit more courageous, but now I'm going to have to be a coward all the time. <laughs> All right, so it turns the armorer into like a normal character who's still walking around with plate armor and a shield and the ability to heal yourself. I mean, you're still, I think, I think the Bobby's going to be fine. Okay. And then you also got some new spells. I did. Um, they replaced shield with thunder wave, which is a wave of thunderous force that sweeps out each creature in a 15 foot cube originating from me must make a constitution saving throw on a failed save they take 2d8 thunder damage and then an additional d8 each yeah. level on top of that one so. thing you got to remember about thunder wave is that it's super super loud yes it emits a thunderous boom audible out to 300 feet so if you want everyone in hell to know where you are then that's how you get their attention don't knock it because you got the two best cantrips in the game Green Flame Blade and Booming Blade added to your list. That is huge. Finally, we have Dion with Race the Roaster. What happened with Race the Roaster? What did he get? The main things I really appreciate is instead of like me having to specifically choose what to do with the like note, now they can just decide what they want to use the note for so I don't have to tell them beforehand. And also I get to use the performance of creation. So I'm very excited to do something stupid with it. Basically, I can make any medium or small item in front of me and it lasts for up to four hours. So I can get real creative with it. It has to be non-magical. Also, 
got a lot of new spells. I am so rock hard over color spray right now. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> I, I am so into it. I'm looking at it right now. So uh, I think the new spells I got are going to be super dope. The creation aspect of this college is going to be used more. I'm stoked, dude. Mirror image is a really good one, especially for you, because you need a lot of help defensively. And then, of course, you can now use your inspiration die to add to healing rolls or spell damage rolls. So lots of new buffs for you guys in Tasha's Calls and everything. Some nerfs for Aaron, but Aaron, I needed to rein your power in. I was starting to get a little uh, sweaty over here thinking about how I was going to handle the unkillable <laughs> Dababi. So... Oh, and let me tell you, boys, today there's going to be a lot of fighting. A lot of fighting yes. happening on uh, today's yep. episode. Get ready for the battles. <sighs> Let's do a quick recap like. of what happened last time. So you guys finally did the namesake of this adventure. You descended into Avernus, the first layer of hell. The city of Elturel got dragged down into hell because... The high priest signed some sort of deal that condemned all of the citizens into eternal damnation. Once you guys got to hell, the place is miserable. It's awful. There's fire raining from the sky. You guys are on a city that is literally suspended in midair, slowly being dragged down into hell by these massive chains like the size of skyscrapers. And if you look down through the various, like, crumbling holes in the ground of the city, you can see that there is, like, a thousand-foot drop down to the actual surface of hell, which is just covered with demons and devils engaged in a perpetual conflict and war. There are thunderstrikes happening constantly. There are earthquakes that are just rocking the foundations of the city that you're on. There is this massive orb that is floating above the city. It's just draining the life and happiness out of you. Miserable is really the one word to describe what this place feels like. But you have managed to rescue a woman and her two children. You managed to find three dwarves. One of them was a priestess of Moradin, dwarven chief god. And you guys learned the leader of Baldur's Gate is trapped here in the High Hall Cathedral the stronghold of the human resistance. You needed to cross over this bridge, which was guarded by various devils. And a huge battle ensued, and I think after you defeated the devils, that's where we pretty much ended. Anyone have anything else you'd like to add? Anything I forgot? Pitmo. Pitmo. What do you think that stands for, Emery? People in trains munching on energy bars. That would be Pitmoeb. Um... Pee in the mouth of evil. <laughs> All right, guys, let's let's finally play some Dungeons and Dragons, shall we? Yeah. I have heard through the grapevine that you guys are considering taking a long rest. You guys are pretty banged up after that last fight. Yes, yes, indeedy. I would suggest to the party we use Leoman's tiny hut. I have that as a spell option. Our only issue is there's 10 of us and I can only fit nine of us in there. Lulu, you're magic and can fly and shit. Would you be able to just like fly somewhere safe for eight-ish hours nearby? Hmm. Well, I would I would gladly sit out of the of the little tiny hut if that would mean that one of these cute little children would have a safe place to stay. I'd do anything for them. No, I, I don't understand how the, the physics of your tent works, Race. Why, why can't we fit these two children in? They're the size of one regular person. Listen, it's, it's ancient magic, Bobby. You got to understand, this isn't me. This is uh, the big boss upstairs. So it's got to be nine. I mean, maybe if you, they were on each other's shoulder. No, it won't work. Won't work. You couldn't pack a bunch of like goblin, extra goblins in there or anything. It's just, it's based on entities and not <laughs> the, the, square each, feet. The goddess each of magic. Itself. The goddess of magic, Mistra, is this tense landlord. You wouldn't want to piss off your landlord now, would you? <laughs> By having extra squatters in your Liamman's tiny hut? Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. All right, let's let's get in the hut and uh, get going here. I can't wait 
to let's, let's do it. I, I cast Lumen's tiny hut and we rest hey, for eight hours. Hold on, hold oh, on a second. Oh. Hold on. What is this over here? I see a tent with some Ooh. looks like some goods out here. You spot a destroyed market stand. It looks like it has been long looted, and there you find you know empty urns and uh, baskets that once contained fruit and various other goods. Maybe we can put Leoman's tiny hut over here by this thing, and then Lulu can hide in there. Maybe nobody will think anything about it. Oh, that sounds like, like a good idea. All right, so Race uh, prepares the ritual. Takes a good 10 minutes to cast it. Race, of course, being a bard, all of your spells are done through the magic of music. And so he begins to sort of do, I imagine it being like a 10 minute long, like, jazz freeform like <laughs> you know just that 10 minutes straight just <laughs> and like gradually a, a tent materializes as he as he does that <laughs> it's less of a tent and more of like a, a dome of magical energy that when is is finished actually has like a sort of pseudo camouflage look to it. You can actually change the outside to sort of blend in to the surroundings. It's not going to become invisible, but you can change it to make it a little bit more subtle, or you can change it to be totally bright and like vibrating, like pulsing pink lights or whatever you want. But on the inside of the tent, the environment is very, very comfortable. It's a nice chill, like 68 degrees, 70 degrees inside, you know, low humidity. It's really nice. So, is there, is there yeah, furniture? Is it like a Harry guys. Potter tent? Mm. There's no furniture, <laughs> sadly. So you guys get inside of the Leoman's tiny hut. Everybody except for Lulu, who kind of snuggles underneath some blankets and uh, wrecked tentage and tries her best to hide. After you guys all get into the tiny hut and you lay down on, on your bed rolls and everything, you realize that Leoman's tiny hut is supposed to be really, really comfortable. Like, you know, that's what the whole spell is designed for. But the the place smells like piss. Like, it really what? smells. <laughs> like, once you're all in there and settled, that's when suddenly it hits you. It is just pervasive urine smell inside One of One of these children made a pee-pee in their pants. Oh, no. <laughs> and that's when you realize you're going to be spending eight hours in close proximity to two small children. <laughs> Tell those kids to save it for evil, damn it. <laughs> save their diapers and you can, there you go. It's like a little yeah. piss in the mouth of evil bomb right there. You guys can go and do your long rest, restore your spells and your hit points and everything. But it is important to note that even in this Leoman's <clears throat> tiny hut, the misery of this place still penetrates it. The smell of urine makes it a very uncomfortable rest. I sleep with orcs, so I think I'm okay. Man, it's <laughs> close to the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. So your eight hours end in the Leoman's tiny hut eventually dissipates and you're back standing out in the streets of El Terrell. And uh, Lulu comes out from her hiding spot and she's like, oh, boy, I saw some crazy stuff while I was uh, was hiding out here. There's some there's some real oh, creepy. Lulu, you've been drinking those trunk. Have I been drinking out of my trunk? No, I, I'm I, I, mean, I don't even touch this stuff. <laughs> what what did you see what's the what, what happened well i saw groups of of devils stalking around i saw this crazy looking guy in this black spiky plate mail riding around on like a fiery demon horse i saw i saw these cloaked hooded figures sort of come out from inside of an alleyway go into that house to the north of us and she points over at this house that's directly to the north. Yeah, these four cloaked people. I'm, I don't. I couldn't really tell who they were, but they looked like they were. They're trying to hide out in this house. Hmm. What race were they? Well, that's the thing. I couldn't quite tell you. They they were humanoid. That's the best I can really say. They had these long cloaks covering their faces and bodies. Did they look like they were up to evil? Well, um. I wish, I wish I could say, but uh, I was a little too far away. They just, they just came out from behind an alley and walked into the house. If only I had the innate ability to cast detect good and evil, like some sort of paladin might. But I don't, alas. 
I can make light. She casts light on an old pomegranate and holds it up in her trunk. Classic. Oh, that is pretty nifty. <laughs> I'm useful. <laughs> yes, you are, Lulu. You're the best. Never forget it. Maybe you remember the good and evil thing later for story purposes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it'll come back to me. <laughs> I couldn't cast this light spell just yesterday. Now I know how to do it. Hey, maybe you'll uh, remember where you put the Zariel's sword, huh? Oh, yeah, that would be nice to remember that. Well, you keep working on it. Like they say, a hollyfin sometimes forgets shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, well, you know, I, I I really got to go to the bathroom, so uh, we should probably go kill these uh, things across the street. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you guys want to stealth over and just scope them out at the very least before we murder them? Who's yeah, that's a good best, idea. Who, wait, who's got to. the best stealth? Me by far. I think maybe. Well, no need to brag. About maybe. This, maybe instead. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe instead of everybody stomping around over there, I could cast pass without trace then i could follow i could go with him and then there's only two of us and then we could check it out and come back okay bye <laughs> <laughs> all right so you're you're offering to cast pass without trace and then you and globject check it out yeah because i would have to be within 30 feet of him or it won't work okay pass i thought that was for pooping in the woods <laughs> So the spell Pass Without Trace lasts for concentration up to one hour. It, it radiates from you for the duration. Each creature you choose within 30 feet of you, including you, as plus 10 to dexterity stealth checks. Can't be tracked. Nice. So Coslo pulls out his sprig of mistletoe or your, your wooden staff of oak, and you utter a prayer to Torm, actually, your new deity. And uh, combined with your connection to the good deity of Torm and your sort of natural connection to nature <laughs> um you you summon forth this sort of shroud of quietude and calm and you and glubjeg start moving up north and as you guys enter into this sort of destroyed dilapidated home and you you open the door real quietly i'm going to need you to make stealth checks with a plus 10 and i also get a plus three to that i don't know how to change that with my canny ability Okay, so we're looking at a 9 for Mr. Well, then we are having a plus 10. So a 19 and then a 21 plus 3, so a 24. I can tell you right now, without even having to look at their stats, you definitely beat their passive perception. So as you guys come into this building, you see a pretty awful sight. That's it. That's only. That's all you see. <laughs> just yeah, something awful. just just something awful. Just Imagine some awful it. stuff. Crime.com <laughs> uh, in there. Inside of the house, standing over a dinner table that is mainly covered in rubble because most of the ceiling in this house has collapsed, you see four sort of horrific-looking, pale, skinny humanoids like they, they look kind of like humans but with like gray skin they are standing over this dinner table and on the table is the corpse of a man and they are all feasting on his innards well yeah i mean they're, they're just having dinner it's you don't have to <laughs> put them down some people are <laughs> vegan man you know what else do we see around there you see the corpses of several other people, a woman, a young teenage kid, and an even younger kid as well, all dead. It looks like they've been kind of like stacked up in a corner and their clothing has been stripped away. Perhaps they're the next course. I'm going to try to make a guy. Say, say again, Brad. Do we know what these things are? You can go ahead and make a religion check to know what they are. I think they just came in this place. They thought it was a restaurant. And they were, they thought it was like a, you know, it, the difference is though that they, they ate the waitstaff. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> Glubjack, you don't know what they are. However, Coslo, you recognize these as being ghasts. Ghasts are advanced forms of ghouls. Undead, typically they were people who were cannibals in life. In fact, 
it's possible that you can turn into a ghast by simply being depraved enough and eating enough human corpses. But they are known for being horribly stinky. If you're close enough to one, you can actually potentially become poisoned by their stench. And they also can paralyze you with their claws. And actually, I think normal ghouls can only paralyze like non-elves or something like that. But ghasts can paralyze anything that isn't undead with their claws. All right. So Kozlo is going to try to make a small hand gesture to Glubjeg to say, like, let's get out of here. Let's go back and tell everyone else what we found. I gesture back. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and make a sense motive check. And as long as it's not terrible, then I'll we'll say you picked insight, up on you it. Insight, you mean? Insight, yeah, insight. My bad. Sense motive? What <laughs> role-playing game are you thinking of? D&D uh, 3.5, Pathfinder, Starfinder. Everything <laughs> yeah, is, I knew it. Everything I knew that it. is in 5th edition. <laughs> we caught you. All right, that's enough. That's enough. You, you pick up on that. I thought he meant, uh, let's go out and make out. <laughs> <laughs> You grab each other's hands. Right now. Sense, sense motive. This is bad timing, but it's it's what I really want. <laughs> <laughs> it's so welcome. All right, so you guys so re gonna, retreat yep. back to the party. And if you wanted to do something else while you're up there, go for it. No, I don't need to do anything. Okay. Okay, guys. Globjig and I, we saw four ghasts. And ghasts are like ghouls, except they're like a little bit worse because they can paralyze you with their claws and they smell really bad. Also, they're cannibals. They're eating some bodies that are in there. There's four of them, and one of them looked like a little different, like maybe a little greenish or something, so maybe they're like a king ghast or something. <laughs> ah, that's a good point. One of them you spotted kind of underneath the like cloaks that they're wearing with the hoods to hide their faces and everything. You spotted that one of them is wearing what appears to be some pretty well-made leather armor. Okay, so... Yeah, you got that. And then uh, we can still use Pass Without Trace as long as you're close enough, 30 feet from me, we can maybe get on either side of them and uh, figure out a good strategy to take them down. Yeah, let's flank them and then, like, firebomb them or something. Who's got something that we could explode right in the middle of all of them? <coughs> I've got um, I can use Hypnotic Pattern that could maybe stun them from being able to move. They'd have to make a Wisdom saving throw. I could drop that on them right quick. Aaron, you have Shatter and Thunder Wave. Those are both AoE spells. I don't think I'd want to use Thunder Wave. <laughs> hey, I've got Spike Growth. Remember Spike Growth? That that always wins. That's what I was thinking. Spike Growth sounds great. And then I could use, use my uh, whip, my Thorn Whip, and I can pull them through it. I could cast Light on this Pomegranate. Lulu cast Light on a Pomegranate. <laughs> <laughs> Wabas recommends Caltrops. Yeah, I'm looking at. Do we still have bearings? Oh God! All bearings. Guests are not uh, intangible at all. They're just totally solid. Oh yeah, totally Un solid. Undeadish types. Okay. Yep. Great White Spark wants to remind you guys that you all have Alchemist Fire, or at least uh, Coslo, Race, and Globjeg do. Hmm. That's true. Well, the question is how are we going to get how are we going to get close enough without letting them know we're there? That's the problem. We'll pass without trace. Um, <clears throat> Oh, you can make us all do that? Yep. As long as you're within 30 feet of me. Oh, great. Let's do that. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are going to sneak up on, on these uh, feasting ghasts? That's right. All right. Everybody make stealth checks, please. Do you want Lulu to come with or stay behind? Maybe if she follows, she might be helpful. It's up to you. She can stay back with the other NPCs. I'm going to assume, by the way, that all of the commoner NPCs are never going to be in combat with you guys unless there's yeah. like some sort of story thing where like oh the devils captured them and now you have to free them or something but for the most part we're just gonna ignore them well if lulu's coming with i'll roll stealth for her with her plus 10. okay what's the scale of the map the scale of the map yeah how many feet are the squares uh five feet Although, I need to change this map because I have the wrong measurements set on this map. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me, you bitch? Because that's so dumb. <laughs> Unprofessional DM. Okay. 
So you guys sneak on up. It looks like the lowest stealth that we got was Jason with an 18, which is still really high, thanks to Pass Without Trace. And that beats all the passive perceptions. So I'm going to go ahead and you guys can set yourselves up and everything in this house is difficult terrain. Okay. Um, cool. Let's get them. All right. Everybody's in position. You guys spring your trap. Roll initiative and all the guests are surprised. Ha ha ha. Uh-huh. Some real. Oh, that's trap. I hit mine, but I didn't select the token. Uh, should I just re-hit initiative? Because that one was bad. Ah, uh, no. I'll just I'll just add you in. Uh, <laughs> and turn. Oh, I see what you're trying to do there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm willing to re-roll, man. I'm a generous guy, you know. So. <laughs> oh, one of my guests got an answer twenty. Slow. Nice. They're actually not slow at all. They have plus three on their decks, man. It's pretty great. As long as you share it, how are they on strength? <laughs> They're strong. <laughs> All right. So, it looks how like, about sex appeal? Looks like the only one who did it right was Jason. Congratulations, Jason. You're my favorite player for right now. <laughs> Let me just add everybody oh, I else in. I got unselected on accident. Oops. We just forgot. Ah. Ed turn. Ed turn. So you're saying I get inspiration for that? You do. Inspiration. <laughs> Good work. For rolling the dice right. Yep. Wow. Hey, there has to be some reward, right, for that? I that think Jason sense. gets inspiration for getting a new hip. That seems like a good reason. <laughs> no, he gets installation for that. <laughs> Inflammation. You got it. So initiative has been rolled... Two of my guests got natural 20s. That's kind of amazing. Who's, who goes first out of all of us? Good up, Jake. Can you do a one-liner? I have a one-liner for you to say to them when you surprise them. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. You have to say, looks like meat's no longer on the menu. Got Ooh. it. Got it? Okay. Or some variation of that. Because they're going to think... The yeah, they're going to think that meat is back on the menu, but you're going to take it off the menu. All right, let me just try this. I'm going to do a bite here. You guys can see that roll? Okay. Yes, sir. First up, one of the ghasts, actually, the two that are closest to you, they sort of sniff and look in your direction as you guys are springing your trap. They can't act. However, their initiative was so high that they're no longer surprised. So they can make attacks of opportunity and do reactions and stuff now. But they don't get turns. Oh, they can smell all that pee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Globjag, you're up next. I can still do my surprise attack ability, yes? Anyone who is surprised, yes. So because those two rolled super high in the initiative and went before you, they are no longer surprised. But the ones in the back still are. The ones in the back. Okay, yeah. great. So I'm going to cast Hail of Thorns and Kurigul will attack the ones in back with a surprise attack. All right. Hail of Thorns is a bonus action. So, yeah, you say a word of power as you knock your arrow and a bunch of sort of magical thorny barbs start circling around your arrow. And you fire it, and those thorny barbs spread out to impact an area around where the arrow hits. So go ahead and roll your attack. And you have advantage because you're hidden. Looks like veggie burgers are on the menu. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's not meat. <laughs> uh, you, the idea is we're taking the menu away from them completely. Oh, my God. See how bad that was? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So 12 to hit. <laughs> that's what you get for using a bad one-liner. All right, so your arrow, unfortunately, well, which one are you targeting? The one that's shaded green or the other one? The other one. Okay, so the arrow sort of like almost strikes him, but he sort of like, he's so like quick and lithe. It's like really hard to predict exactly where he's going to be. 
And at that very moment, he sort of ducks down to take a nice big chunk of leg meat. And the arrow just kind of whizzes right over his head. However, let's see if the thorns will still do some damage. In addition to the normal effect of the attack, the target of the attack and each creature within five feet of it must make a dex saving throw to take 1d10 piercing damage on a failed save or half as much on a success. So they're still going to take the thorn damage. All right, so that is three piercing. Now, I just got to I gotta double check and see if they have any sort of disadvantage from surprised. Doesn't look like it's condition. Yeah, not seeing anything. All right, so they just get a dex save, and I'll go ahead and roll that. Here's the one without armor. Here's the one with armor. So the one wearing the armor that Costello spotted takes the full force of the piercing damage. The one who you fired at, though, apparently that dodge that it did well, was really, really good because it only takes half damage. Mm -hmm. so one for that guy, three for the armored guy. What about my surprise attack? Does that, does that go? That would only apply if you had hit. Yeah, that only, that only does it to the attack. Got it. So... Very unfortunate that you missed with that. Do you want to move? Well, I'll probably take my second attack. Oh, right. You have two attacks. Smart. And I believe... Oh, hang on a second. Let me look, let me look at uh, Hail of Thorns for a second here. Yeah. I'm just thinking of so uh, many different one-liners. It one actually only kicks in when I hit. Yeah, I was looking at that right now. If you surprise a creature and hit with an attack on your first turn, they take an extra 2d6. So, yes, you can still, if this attack hits, use your surprise attack. Will do. Am I still at advantage? No, the advantage actually only works on your first attack when you're hidden. Now you've, like, revealed your position with that first attack. Oh, that's good enough, though. <laughs> so go ahead and roll your sneak or surprise attack damage. Hold on. Minus five. And then an extra seven. Oh, nice. All right, so as a bugbear, you are, it's in your blood to get the drop on your prey. So you are excellent at hitting them where it hurts when they don't know that you're there. The first attack was just target practice. The second attack, though, that hits home. And they get the Hail of Thorns as well, correct? Hail of Thorns only applies to your next attack, I believe. Well, it only, it only activates if it hits, so it wouldn't have actually activated last round. Uh, if you... Oh, the next time you hit a creature. Oh, okay. You're, you're right. So we already did the Hail of Thorns then. But yeah, you're right. It only actually affects it if you hit. That's interesting. So that was a, it was a good turn, even though you missed with that one shot. Right next up is going to be one of the ghasts. The one that's armored realizes what's happening and is no longer surprised. Koslo, your turn. I'm going to cast Spike Growth centered right here. You and it's a 20 radius. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, that's spike growth. Oh, uh, by the way, they take half damage on a failed save. Did you know that? Yeah, I did one damage to the one that, that passed its save. Good enough. All right, so your 20-foot radius spike growth is where you're slapping, is what you're slapping down. Yep, yep. So that's a, that's a big-ass radius right there, so you want to make it so it I can still get close, man. Yeah, I don't want to put Dababi in it. I want it to be, you know, centered so that we'll catch all of them, but not Dababi. And the square, like, in front of Dababi would be in it, too. Yeah. No, but then how am I going to get in there? Like that. Too bad. Oh, you, you, you for I, I, told you, I told you what the plan was. I was going to cast Spike Growth. You know how that works. Oh, I got to stand there and wait for him to get to me? Okay, fine. You, you do that. <laughs> All right, so Coslo, you spring into action and you conjure up a horrible mass of spiky growths that just start poking the bottom of these ghasts' feet, much like so many Legos. Anything else you're doing there, buddy? Well, I'm going to do that. So that's concentration. So the pass without trace is no longer in effect. Sure. But other than that, I'm just going to stay right where I am. Okie doke. To Bobby, your turn. All right, um, I guess I can't move in for the attack, so I'm just going to uh, shoot a crossbow at him. Really b b boring and stupid. You could uh, <laughs> you could produce flame. That might be better. I could, but why would I want to waste a spell on these guys? It's a cantrip. 
You can do an infinite number of those. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot about that. Produce flame. Produce Great flame. idea. The Bobby the Forgetful. Never. The <laughs> Bobby hasn't been adventuring for two months. What do you expect? <laughs> All right, so produce flame. You got a, you got a hip replacement. <laughs> Looks I, got like, a nip, I got a nip replacement. Yeah, nip replacement. Great. Let's do it. I like this cantrip's fun. Yay. All right, make a spell <laughs> attack. Bam. Killed them all. Which one are you targeting? Actually, it doesn't matter. You missed. Yeah. <laughs> are you moving? Should have done my crossbow. No. Killed somebody. Should have done your crossbow. Look at your look at your crossbow. You have a plus five to hit with that. Your produce flame is plus seven because it uses your intelligence. Also, it does 2d8 fire versus your crossbow, which is only 1d8 plus two. Yeah, but it's got piercing. Oh, my God, Aaron. <laughs> Wait. Okay, so the ones that are uh, closest to me. Uh huh. Um, what's the which one has armor? The one that's sort of like greenish in the back. Oh, that's the one with armor. Okay, cool. Um, and which one is damaged? The one with armor and the one next to him. The one next to him is damaged. The most. Okay. So the two that are closest to me are not damaged or anything. And... Yeah. Cool. I'm just gonna stay right here and get you know ready and give myself some temporary hit points. Okay. So the final gast is no longer surprised. And then the turn ends with race the roaster. <sighs> okay, so I can't, I'm not going to use fairy fire because they have high dexterity, you said. So I'm thinking that if I was to use mage hand, could I just make my hand pour the alchemy fire on top of them? Is that a thing? Use mage hand to pour the, al uh, the alchemist fire on them? I think alchemist, alchemist fire, the, the, the way that it works is when it impacts, that sort of impact causes a chemical reaction. Yeah, you, No you, worries, you man. Just I'm going to just it. go with the old-fashioned. Hey, yo, bitch! I'll say to the one that's, um, in, let's say the one in the back, the dude right here, back right. Listen, how? first off, who eats humans? It's the worst meat in the world. Look at Lulu. You see Lulu? Lulu is beautiful. And no offense, Lulu. Lulu would be delicious. You motherfuckers can't even eat a good meal, right? Plus, you ate through the legs before you got to the ass. Always start with the ass first. <laughs> and then I do my attack. And... <laughs> uh, All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Jesus, I haven't done this in a while. I hit vicious blockery. Come on, do it. Do it. Oh, 20, don't you freeze on me, you whore. Nice. Oh, All right. So four damage. And which one are you targeting? The one with the armor? Uh, the or? Back, uh, I was targeting the one right next to him. Okay. The more damaged one. Sounds yeah. good. Here is his wisdom save. Stupid. He got to be. He dumb as hell. He dumb as hell. Yep. That is a you. fail. Dumb as hell. Yeah. Can I give up Bardic Inspiration also to Glubjag, a, no a moat of potential? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what... So, your insult worked. He's, like, looking down at the human, he's like, I have been eating them wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> I should have ate the ass! Oh. <laughs> Maybe that's what's been wrong with my life all this time. <laughs> that's the piece that's been missing. And it uh... damages you. <laughs> Yeah. All right, I'm going to give his, you... His self-esteem is wrecked. I'm going to give you this little, like, heart club jag. Maybe that'll help us remember that you have inspiration. Club jag's you. got the heart on. Ha. Ha. <laughs> uh, all right. Then. For you, my friend. All right. So Lulu, even though you guys had her come up, she's... She is not... Actually, she's not terrible at fighting do you guys want her to help with the fight why not yeah why yeah not? yeah she's not the she's worst a, she's our new raya i'm just gonna have her go last since i forgot to put her in the initiative she rolled almost last anyways so i'm just gonna put her at a five initiative and she'll go right after race she is going to fly up over kind of into this area over here let's see don't really use her very much. This is the first time using her in combat, actually. 120 foot fly speed. Holy crap, hole. That is, oh, is wow. Ooh, nice. What a queen. Wow. That's a quick elephant. Okay. A quellephant. 
Jeez. Each creature in the cone. What kind of a cone is the trumpet of blasting cone? It's a waffle cone. Yeah. Is it? I think it's a 30 foot cone. It's funny. It's a waffle cone. Waffle I get that. 30 foot waffle cone. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not showing up in roll 20, so I'm going to need to look up what the Holly Fence cone is. Just grab an image of a waffle cone. Uh, trumpets. Yeah, I think it's got to be the same cone as her other trumpet ability. All right, so 30-foot cone. So she's going to fly over here up in the air, and she turns and points her, her nose, her trunk, at these ghasts. And this is definitely going to be 30 feet. Yeah. All right, perfect. She blasts a loud, just like, it's so powerful. Like, you can see the, the rippling air as just this sonic burst just like shoots out of her her nostrils does she does she have this ability right now because this is a really really freaking good ability well whatever uh, she'll do it it's really good all of them have to make constitution saving throws oh they don't got it so this one will go can't wait to see what they do it's gonna be so amusing yeah, you guys are going like, to make it fun of her, and then all of a sudden she's just going to annihilate the whole group of enemies. <laughs> fail. <laughs> fail. Come on. Yes! Fail. Yes! Wow. Fail. Yes! Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> all right. So that is... Oops. I didn't mean to click that. 5d6 damage. 15 points of damage that they all take. What a champion, Lulu. Wow. Yeah. Good thing we had the elephant join us. They're also deafened. Yep. Holy crap hole. And she can do this any number of times. This is just her normal attack. Hilarious. Damn. But you also see that the table that the bodies are on, as well as the bodies themselves the body that's on the table everything gets annihilated so like chunks of gore are flying everywhere splinters from the wood it all gets smashed into a wall which is like standing behind these gas the wall actually crumbles and falls it does 10d6 thunder damage to non-magical objects that aren't being held or worn <laughs> so that's insane god yeah, unbelievable so that was. It actually says three times per day, Emery. So it's three times per day for her trumpet. Oh, there's two different trumpets. That's yeah, right. And the trumpet of sparkles would rock against devils. Yes, it really would. Okay, that's how she got out of here the first in the first place, probably. That makes so much more sense. Well, she showed her one of her amazing abilities. She can do three times per day for you guys. Yes. Then after her, it will be... And she can, and she can yes. put beer out of her snout, too. I mean, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> All right, so the guests are going to try to move through this horrible, thorny mess that you've created for them. I don't think they're going to leave a tip. <laughs> About to get a baddie up with you, man. For the, for the staff of Hell's Kitchen? <laughs> All right, so it's difficult terrain. It already was difficult terrain, so at least that's not really changing anything. Take 2d4 piercing damage. Okay, so... They would make a wisdom check against my spell save DC if they are even bothering to try to see if it's a spell. They don't really care. They're just going <laughs> to... I mean, they're just going to come towards you, which means going through it. Yeah, bring it. This one here would take 4d4 piercing. Yep. Not only is meat no longer on the menu, but the menu's been obliterated by the tiny elephant. <laughs> oh my god, 13 points to this guy. Just god for damn, Just for getting for walking. Just for walking out of it. He is going to try to slash at you with his claws. Bring it. Bring it, stupid. Okay, does a 15 hit you. Of course not. 23 armor class. Suck it. 23? Mm. Yep. Oh. How? Mm. What? How is that possible? I don't know. That's what it says. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Aaron, how do you have a 23 armor class? Man. I think it might be... Oh, there the might shield. be a shield! 
Yeah, I think it might be the shield. Yep. It's the freaking plus two shield. <laughs> you yeah. got you got Gargoth in your uh, in your shield, and he is protecting yeah. the shit out of you. Okay. Yeah, I may have been nerfed by Tasha's, but I'm still uh, pretty cool. God, that is horrifying. All right. Yep. So the next Ghast also takes forty four damage as he moves out of there. Fuck him up. So thirteen again, and he moved. Let's see. He was here, yeah. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 to get there. All right, so he's just going to dash and get up to Coslo. That'll be his turn. And then it goes to Glubjack. All right, I believe I can get to one of those walls, climb up, and get on the, the roof with my movement rate, even in difficult terrain. Okay. It, it's going to be an athletics check to climb since you don't have a climbing speed. It's not going to be very difficult, though, because the rubble not makes yet. it pretty easy. Yeah, not yet. So, yeah, there we go. 11, that's good enough. Okay, and then I'm going to fire at the bat guy again from the roof with okay. my hunter's mark. All right, bonus action, hunter's marking. The guy with armor or the other guy who's very, very wounded? Yeah, I'll, I'll do my first one at the other guy. Okay. Oh, yeah. That is a hit. You don't even have to roll your... But you did. Seven points of damage. <laughs> definitely definitely enough to kill him. He goes uh, down. Before even taking a turn. That would have been great if the hunter's mark was what killed him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now the armor guy. All right. Don't forget your inspiration. Oh, yeah. I'll use the inspiration. You can choose to use it after. Hey! Oh. <laughs> hey! Whoa. Yeah. yeah. I, also, I also changed the hunter's mark to him, by the way. Unfortunately, you don't have the actions to do that because it was a bonus action to use the hunter's mark and then a bonus action also to switch it. So you can't can't do two different guys with, with the same hunter's mark in the same turn. Yeah, bonus actions don't grow on trees, Brad. Yeah, but you still do 16 points of damage to him with that hit, which brings him almost to his knees. His armor didn't help him there. All right, so there's your movement, your bonus action, and your action. And then it's his turn, the ghast's turn. He will attempt to move and takes 2d4 piercing damage and instantly dies because he has two health. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, Coslo, your turn. Okay, there, I'm no. going to let the uh, spike growth go away now. That's, okay. Doesn't take anything. Just drop concentration on that. And this ghast in front of me has a higher initiative. So even if I were to hold an action, it's not going to help me much. Well, could I, could I hold my action to dodge, or is it because it's a new round, it wouldn't work? Well, if you dodge right now, then that'll it'll last until till til your next turn. Yeah. All right, that's what I'm gonna do then. All right, take the dodge action. So attacks against you have disadvantage. Yep. And then to Bobby, your turn. Thunder wrench, clobber. Oh, oh, brutal. All right, don't forget also, Aaron, that you have. Green Flame Blade and Booming Blade? Yes, which are both useless right now. I looked at them very closely. Uh, but the are... one guy's not close enough to me. He's not within five feet, so who wouldn't? Is he considered within five feet or is he ten feet? Which which guy? Um the uh, the guy that's not the guy next to Kozlo. Do you know what I'm saying? Like So yeah, Green Flame Blade, yeah. He would have to be within five feet. So like if he was here, then Green Flame yeah. Blade could bounce and hit him. But so that wouldn't work. Booming Blade just does an extra 1d8 damage. Oh, is that all? Like, Besides making them not be able to move very well? Well, be, because you're at level 5, then your attack just deals an extra 1d8 thunder damage. Oh, and, so if I use Booming Blade, it just makes gives more thunder for my, my dollar. Yeah, it literally just makes your attack better. Okay. How do I... Um, do I just roll an extra d8 then after if I want to use Booming Blade? Yeah. Because there's nowhere to click it or nothing, so. Yeah. Cool. There it is. Groovy. All right, so that's 18 points of damage. 
None of that mattered. Your uh, initial hit killed him. Bam. <laughs> oh, damn. It makes a nice booming sound. <laughs> Looks like there's nothing on the menu anymore at all. I say yeah, not I, even veggie burgers. Not even veggie burgers. <laughs> Clamp. Damn. All right. Do you want yep. to move anywhere? Uh, yeah, I'll move over by the uh, the other dickhead. Okay. Race your turn, buddy. I'm assuming they're deafened, right? So I can't insult them to death anymore. So your insults? Oh, that is a that is an interesting question. I need to look that up. Vicious mockery says if they can hear you. Yeah. So these oh. ones are immune to your mockery because <laughs> you can't insult them. Oh, oh that, that's kind of my whole deal. Um. Okay. How about this? Could I use? Could I use message and vicious mockery to get the message into their head directly? Oh no, that's. A... <laughs> are you sure you want to use? Are, are those cantrips or are those spells? Yeah, they're, they're, those are cantrips. I'm oh, not cool. throwing away spells. Yeah. So nice. message is it uh, lasts for only one round. Okay, so <laughs> you could, but you would need to have the ability to quicken one of them. So I, I would oh. say. That so like if you were a sorcerer and you'd quicken spell, you could quicken message, which makes it a bonus action, and then cast vicious mockery as your action, and you do both of them because message Gosh, only lasts for one round and it's an action, so you just don't have the opportunity okay. to do both in the same turn. <laughs> Did take sign language for two years. Act up what you do to his mother. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll okay. So do a perform, make a. Uh, is performance <laughs> performance is a skill, right? I'm gonna do it. I'm it doing is. it. I'm doing it. <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, so all right, all all in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and you have to make a performance check, and I'll give you advantage uh, as race tries to act out the vicious mockery instead of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! <Yeah>. Holy shit! <laughs> All right, that's definitely good enough. Go ahead and roll the damage. Does he get inspiration oh. for that? Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, vicious mockery. Here we go. Where is it? Get away from me, message. Not mage hand. Why'd I open all of them? There we go. All right, five points of psychic damage. But unfortunately, he actually passed his oh, save. Son of a biscuit. Yeah. Uh, no damage. <laughs> but you did get inspiration for that wonderful demonstration. Hey, I'll, I'll take it, man. <laughs> All right. Lulu will go. She's going to fly in, and she's not going to use her, her uh, trumpet because th she only did that three times per day. Instead, she's going to try and tusk it. Tusks. Mm, five to hit. That is not going to happen. Don't tell me you love me. She's gonna, yeah. She's gonna tell them she loves them. <laughs> All right. So the ghast is gonna keep going after. Let's see, Coslo. So disadvantage on the attack roll. So here it goes. Oh, you know what, Coslo? I'm gonna need you to make a Constitution saving throw. Although that, you know, it doesn't even matter. All you, although it happens, you'd be poisoned until the start of your next turn, and that doesn't matter at all. Because you started within five feet of it, so it, its stink might have affected you. But it doesn't matter. It rolled a one and a freaking two on its attacks. So totally whiffs. Wow. Glubjag, your turn. Finish this fight. I can't hear you. Yeah, we can't hear you, buddy. No. Glubjag is so stealthy <laughs> that he even makes Brad quiet. While he's playing him. All right, Brad's going to have to mime out and hit what he's doing because we have no other way. <laughs> so he's shooting his bow up into the air and he's going to have the arrow come out of the sky down into the guy's head. I think that's what he's got. Yeah, Great White Spark uh, says, can I ask how many attacks per round everyone has? I think Brad said he has two last session. Um, Brad is the only one that has two attacks because at level five, Rangers get the extra attack feature. That's not true. Oh, you have it as well. Is it? Me has two attacks as well. Me has it. Me has two attacks. Mm -hmm. 
I oh. don't have two packs. I only have just the one, but it's pretty good. We haven't even seen the bear come out yet, so. I saved the bear for Act 2. Well, in that case, uh, <laughs> Dababi, yeah, it's it's not always best to do your cantrips since you have those two attacks. Because you can't do the cantrips with both attacks. Oh, okay. We can hear you now. Hey, we can hear Brad. All right. So I'm going to go to this hole in the ceiling. I'm going to hang down by my feet and shoot this guy upside down. Ooh. Wow, that's that's <laughs> that is very fancy. I'm gonna need a somewhat difficult ath athletics check for this. He's just showing off. <laughs> yeah, it's flexing. Otherwise, you will fall and take a d6 of damage. That is good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Right, nice. How extra? Kuragul, Hunter's Mark. <laughs> Oh yeah, that hits. So cantrips are not considered an attack action with your weapon? So so cantrips are an action to cast, and depending on which cantrip it is, it uses different, you know, like, stuff. Like, produce flame adds your intelligence bonus plus your proficiency bonus as a spell attack. Right, okay. Booming All blade, right. however, as part of it, you take a melee attack, if that makes sense sense so that but i'm just trying to determine when i can do two attacks and when i can't you can only do two attacks if you just take the attack action as okay your action. not adding a cantrip to it got it yeah all right so you you do your crazy keanu reeves from john wick move and <laughs> dangle from the ceiling and fire off an arrow hits the ghast sort of in the back of its head and it crumbles down at Koslo's feet, dead. Hey, dead, yes. Looks like the menu no longer contains meat products. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He couldn't hear our one-liners anyway. I'm not very good at trash talk. Can you mime that out? Meat not being on the menu anymore? <laughs> oh, beautiful. I'll give you inspiration too, Brad. There you go. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So you guys, a dispatch of all the ghasts. And as you're sort of cleaning up the corpses, Lulu is very sort of distraught at the powerful effect that her sort of her trumpet had on the dead body. She's like, oh, dear, I made quite a mess of things. It's been so long since I've done that. I, I had no idea I could do that. Well, you better shake it off, because we're going to be asking you to pee in the mouth of evil before too long. <laughs> oh, that sounds like fun. Uh, oh, good. She likes it. Yeah. Could I just could I just blast copious amounts of alcohol into the mouth of evil? Hey, hey, mm, no, save mean. the alcohol for us. <laughs> it's only for the good people. Evil doesn't get booze. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Now we pee. We pee in the mouth of evil. Everyone? Or vomit, I guess, like Glubjeg does. <laughs> All right, you guys desecrate the corpses of the undead. And before it gets splashed with, you know, various bodily fluids, one of you finds the gas that was wearing the sort of like fancy armor, and you, t you take it off of him. It's a very stinky process, and the armor still smells of rotting ghast flesh, and you kind of gag as you take it off, but... But this is studded leather armor that appears to be of very, very high quality. Ooh. Ooh. Anybody wear light feet. armor? I certainly do. Certainly? Could we make it fit him? Yeah. If it's magical, then it should fit him very easily. If it's not magical, it would take, you know, at least a day's work and leatherworking tools in order to make it fit him. Hmm. You want to try it on, Race? Yeah, you know, let me go ahead and try to snug into it right quick. Shimmy on in. <laughs> and do I, do I have to, like, do a check for it? Or? Let me let me just double check that bards are proficient in light armor. I feel yeah. like they might. I have leather armor on. I don't know if that helps. Okay. Yeah, that, that would mean that you're probably proficient in light armor then. It's only, like, wizards and shit that aren't proficient in it. 
And speaking of peeing in the mouth of evil, I need to use the bathroom and kind of stretch my legs a bit. Oh, sure. Sure. Thank you for listening to Rated RPG Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. Subscribe to Rated RPG wherever you get your podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. Many thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join them, the address is patreon.com slash rated RPG. Follow us on Twitter at Rated RPG Podcast. And for Rated RPG live streams, check out twitch.tv slash Game Society Pimps. On behalf of everyone at the gaming table, thank you for listening to the Rated RPG Podcast.